Good day. Welcome to The Trend. This is The Trendy Place with Justin and Alexander Williams. And I'm here to give you content from all across the spectrum. We are here as a place of dialogue, no more and no less. The views, as a disclaimer, of our guests are the views of our guests only and not the views of TTW Associates or our parent company, The New York Trend. We have a great guest on for you today here at The Trend Podcast. His name is Derek Spears. He's an author. He's also... A writer, he's been on multiple shows, multiple different outlets, and he's got a lot of knowledge in terms of how to deal with career burnout, which I think is a big topic for people my age, our audience, you know, our audience skews 28 to 35. And it seems like as a millennial, we're already burnt out before we even get really into our careers. For anybody else who may be older, even younger, and for Gen Z, you know, fearing entering the workplace, we get a lot about that, especially with the pandemic. A lot of people have done the the kind of the great, I guess, resignation, right? The great uh, movement out of the nine to five life. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that. We're gonna talk about his book series, his book company, and then uh, whatever comes up. You know, he's an interesting guy, and we got a lot of things that we can find common ground on. So, Derek, how's it going, man? Good, Justin, man. I'm great. I'm very grateful. I'm ha- happy to be here. Uh, excited to be here. It's a Monday morning. I know we all try to get a Monday morning, you know, we try to get that energy to go for the rest of the week. So I'm, I'm excited to kick off with you starting off, you know, it's like starting that engine off right. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what we try to do here at The Trend, uh, kick it off the right way. Usually we record, usually on the weekends, but to make, we had to make a special uh, compensation for Monday uh, just to, to to get you on, obviously, because we, we, we found we, we found that uh, we I was doing some some survey work and I found that there's a high amount of people that are feeling today that their careers are not only not satisfying, but they don't want to take it anymore. Yeah. And in response to that, I think a lot of old, a lot of older people in our society are saying, "We'll suck it up." You know, why is your younger generation so? I guess I say arrogant and lazy. But funny yeah. enough, funny enough, a student of mine found uh, for his project a news clipping from 1981 and it said the young generation this yuppie generation does not want to work they're lazy right and they don't want to oh, wow. be in the workforce then he found something from 1954 and they're talking about the greatest generation you know the generation that won world war ii and they're saying this generation is lazy doesn't want to work right doesn't oh, want to yeah. go to work even better he goes back to 1920 and you know what the older people are saying? Again, nobody wants to work. This younger generation is lazy. So it, it's fascinating, right? Every generation when they're young, it seems to be the same way. Yeah. I think it's the true state. You, you hear the saying, there's nothing new under the sun. You know, right. uh, everybody seems to feel like their generation is works work more harder or this and that. And I hear that too. And I'm like, I'm like, well, look, if you go back in time and, um, let's just go back to, you know, way back if they had, if they had cell phones, they'd be happy. You know what I mean? They'd be happy to be able to not have to walk all the way across, uh, you know what I mean? A, a different country or state or whatever, just to pass on a word, you know what I mean? When they could just send it. Um, right. I think, I think that every generation, even with access to right now, what we have, like, and I find myself having not having to cut back and say that to myself, like, hey, this generation is a different generation. They're they're they can roll over out of their bed and create something where they don't have to get out the bed 
to go to a job because they created a site or created a, a product where somebody could just buy it. They just got to go to the post office and ship it out, even if they have to do that. And then they go back to bed and we're like, oh, that's so lazy. But then again, uh, the generation before us or whatever, they don't know how to use computers or they don't know how to do, they don't know the work. And you try to put them through a computer class and they're sweating like, oh, but then they try to put us like my father's generation, how they, my dad grew up in Mississippi, kind of on a farm. And, you know, and it's like, oh, well, of course, I, I admit it. I probably couldn't survive on a farm, you know, mm-hmm. unless I was born into it. But they probably, right. my dad doesn't know how to use a farm either. So, you know what I mean? So it's a, yeah, I yeah. think every generation is going to do that. It's, 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 it's kind of like you have to just get to the point where you have to accept the, the world we live in today. And then actually just look at it as uh, work is not always um, the same. You know, work is not always you get up and sweat on a field or you go and get up at eight o'clock in the morning and work till five o'clock and only make $70 that day when somebody else rolled out and 20 minutes later, they made $700, you know, right. so it's like, you know, so it's like, oh, you got to respect it and either evolve or die. They say, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, yeah, I think, I think, I think a lot of what happens is we, uh, we get wrapped. Some people get wrapped up in the culture, the cultural things yep. that are popular with young people, right? It's it's like in my mom's generation, it was it was the seventies, so the disco era, and a lot of oh. older people didn't relate to that. And then now, I guess we have kind of the still hip hop, but also transitioning into other kind of music forms. Yeah. And people think, oh my gosh, this stuff is scary. This stuff is weird. This stuff is different. Yeah. You know, and they and they and they constantly want to have this helicopter view where mm-hmm. they they say to themselves, we need to correct this before it's too late. And, yeah. you know, it's like the farm thing, right? I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, my, my, my grandfather grew up on a farm in Alabama and the skills that he has are great for when he yep. was in 1945, but yep. his skills are terrible now. His skills are yeah. terrible now, right? I mean, yeah. everything, everything he does is an anathema to what he should do as, yeah. in modern society. And there's, there's really, you know, it's up to us as young people to help him, but it's also, you know, it's just like what you said, uh, you know, I could, in, in 20 minutes, I could make more than a lot of my past generation could make, maybe even even in a week. Mm-hmm. I go through that, I go through that now. It's, I'm in a funny situation, and I'm glad you bring this. I, um, I get real. Uh, so I, in the building that I'm in, in my store, Derek Bookstore, uh, my I, I, it's the building owner, him and I have a great relationship. We're 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 transitioning where he's selling the building to me. But he he's an older guy in his 80s, and he doesn't understand. He he doesn't understand the system of you know web you know where my bookstore is physical, but it's also digital. So people could be making. I I, I get people who buy stuff off my website. Mm-hmm. They don't essentially have to come into the store. So he's he's a barber, so he he cuts hair, so he's used to people coming in. You know, barbers, of course, you gotta come in. So he doesn't he doesn't understand. And I had explained it to him the other week. Like my business these days, we don't have to always have people coming in constantly to a uh, a building or something because people buy offline, people do this and that, mm-hmm. and you're able to make just as much money or way more money than a person who sits stationary inside of a building all day long. Mm-hmm. And I was having a discussion with someone and I'm like, that's the mentality kind of where me and you are talking about right now, of people not understanding that work is work, but it's, it's different. It's different mm-hmm. types of work. 
I think that my father's generation, other people's generation were so used to, if you don't have sweat, if you didn't come home sweating, your back hurting and this and that, you didn't work. And then we got us these days, like, hey, if, we, if you didn't make any money, like, you know, like we made money and I went out and I'm able to talk to people in seven or eight different states while you're just talking to the same person every day, like in the same city. And I'm able to touch and create different business opportunities for myself. And I think, I think, I think curiosity should, should always, since we were kids, kids have born with curiosity. I think when people lose that curiosity, we get out of touch with generations because it's yeah. like, man, okay. Yeah. It's weird. I do it too. It's very weird. But I, I got three daughters and I ask them, you know, all the time, like, well, what does that mean? Cause they're, I'm like, you're going to, you guys are teaching, you girls are teaching me. I'm, I'm teaching you, but you're teaching me too. Cause I'm, it's going to be some stuff I don't understand about your generation, but I have to keep that curiosity inside of me in order for me to survive. Like I say, evolve into what's right. new, you know, and that's the beauty. I think that's the beauty in life. And even in business. Yeah, yeah. that's an interesting uh, way to be a parent, too, right? <laughs> that that you're yeah. learning from your kids. You're willing to, to do that. I remember going to high school and my mom loved listening to the music that my sisters would and, and I would put on the radio. Yeah. She loved DM. She loved DMX. She loved yeah, DMX. Uh, oh man, rest of I love DMX. Yeah. yeah, she loved. You'd be Styles surprised. You'd be like, you like you like this person? Like, right, yeah, right. Yeah, right. I like yeah, you put it on, and you, you're not. They're bobbing their head, and then they get into it, and they 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 know they know the lyrics better than you. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, I, think I, I think that's a beautiful thing. Embracing yeah. change. Um, you don't have to always go with everything that's changed. You can just take mm -hmm. bits and pieces that fit with you and say, hey, some things aren't just, just not for me. I'm not really sure. with that, I'm not with that. But I understand it and I, and, and, I, <clears throat> and I don't knock it. Right. It just doesn't work for me. But this right here, I can take this piece and that could work for me, you know, because right. everything doesn't work for anybody. Right. It's a very, I, I'm, I'm big into stoicism. Uh, sto if yes. You, if you, okay, so you heard of it. Yeah, so. Um, you know, in a stoic philosophy, you're always a, you're always a student. You know, the teacher is as much a student as the student is trying to be a teacher, and it's really how we empower each other. And I think our different generations need to learn yeah. how to start empowering each other so that people don't want to leave the workforce. Right? You you get to Ooh. a job, and you think, oh, my boss is kind of young. He seems kind of hip, you know. He listens to the same music as me. There's like, yeah. uh, there's Margarita Fridays, right? I mean, this <laughs> seems like my kind of place. And then from Monday to Thursday, he's like the toughest individual you've ever met in your life. And yeah. you got to think to yourself, is that really necessary? Does that make me work better? Or does that make me work more nervously? And now yeah. I make mistakes, you know? Yeah, it, it's, it's true. Um, yeah, it's true. The atmosphere you create has to be conducive for the, I look at like Google and I hear, you know, you hear people in Apple, people don't want to leave. The, they create these environments where people don't even want to leave the workplaces. So you got your food, you got your, you got your games, yeah. you got your, and I think that helps the environment. Like you said, when you have someone who's super, who's, who, who creates an environment that's kind of hostile and stressful, you're kind of scared to expand and ask them a question or a suggestion, that may that may actually be limiting for the for the for the company, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and in my store, Derek Books, I so I have a thing where I say 
you know, there's no boundaries. Creativity has no boundaries. So when people come in here, there's nothing we can't talk about. You know, my average customer, we'll sit here, we'll sit on the couch talk for an hour, hour and a half about mm. different things, you know, mm. in their life. And it's nothing that is nothing dumb for them to say or nothing that's that that doesn't open up their creativity when they look because that's what I try to build it for. I'm like, people are gonna come in and maybe they'll have more wilder ideas than I do. And I and I and I and I wanna mm. I wanna learn about the, you know, the nucleus of that idea because it's like, hmm, where did that come from? Or is this something that I'm closed-minded. I like um, Bruce Lee when he's, you know, he says um, you gotta, you know, you, you have to empty your cup. You have to, you know, you have, yes. I, I believe in coming in with an empty cup because how am I going to fill myself up with knowledge <laughs> or learn right. something if I already come in with a mind that I know everything? And it's like, right, so I right. always try to empty my cup before I start talking to someone and and I just, I, even, in, even in the balance of my store, it's like, oh, yes, or, you know, I want to be able to learn from even my employees or someone comes in and be like, oh, well, you know, you could do this or this could be like that. And I'm like, sure, because I think we have so much pride as people. Right. A lot of times when we get when you mix the pride with the, the power, it's like, mm, I yeah. tell you what to do. I dictate. I do this and that. And I could be totally mm. wrong. <laughs> right, right. And, and for you as not only a bookstore owner, but a book company owner and a publisher, yeah. You know, you have to be open-minded to wherever ideas come from because you can't handicap yourself in terms of what's going to be the next great idea. Can't. And and, and that's, you know, that's kind of like how I've always kind of been. I always, you know, actually growing up, I, I will tell, I will, I will say I wasn't. In, in the beginning, I grew up in a very religious household and mm-hmm. um, we were always taught, you know, like, hey, we're Christian. If they're not Christian, they're not. You know, it's like, and mm. I'm saying about my parents just going to church. It's like, don't hang with those people, this and that. And I was always like the outcast because I didn't listen to those things. I was like, nah, mm. I want to hang out with the Jewish people. I want to hang out with the Muslims. I want. I hung out with everybody, and I I learned from everybody, and I and I respected what they did. And, they, and, and I eventually, I'm, I'm saying eventually, I did because in the beginning, I would just go and repeat what I said, like, oh no. Mm-hmm. You're not with this. You're not with that. I, I can't. Right. And then eventually I grew and said, that's a great person. I learned so much from that person. This and that. And I began yeah. to see the world different. Like, hey, right. you know, everyone does have something, a foundation they stand on or a belief. But we have all these people on this earth. Why? You can learn from each other. <laughs> like, you right. can meet each other. You know, I'm, I'm going to learn from just you. Do just as much as you're going to learn from me. And, you know, it's like. That's the beauty. If you don't learn, I feel like people who sit in the house all day and don't want to speak to anyone or mm-hmm. don't want to learn anything from anyone, you just you are limiting yourself so yes. much. It's it's hurting you. Yeah. Very yeah. much. I mean, it's it's a, it's a shame how much I see so many people just kind of shrink as they get older. They they yes. they they start to settle into that, okay, I have kids now. Um, yep. you know, I have I have my spouse. Uh, I have my I have my nine to five, and that's going to be it for me. You know, yep, it's almost it. like a, it's 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 almost like um yeah it, it's 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 a nail in it's a nail in a coffin for some people, and they don't continue to grow. You know, they don't continue to. What I love to see on uh, Instagram is you know a lot of dads making Instagram videos because I think it, it gives me hope that if I become a dad, that I'll still be 
kind of cool oh, and innovative yeah. and trying to understand the young people and things like that. Oh, but it's great. It's, it's 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 great. It's great because it shows that you're you're willing to uh, laugh at yourself. You're willing to grow. Still, you're still willing to have some humor in your life. I I think I think sometimes with some people I know that are my age that now have families. Uh, you know, I went to my college reunion this year, and when I went, you could just tell that when they were there, they were like, "Yeah, like I gotta relive everything." You know, I gotta, I gotta yes. get back on that train. And I was like, you know, I don't feel that way. I feel I felt more comfortable and just willing to just, you know, just reconnect. But some yeah. people were really desperate for it. You know, it was our first reunion that we were having in a couple of years, and I don't know if that's a really healthy mindset. You know, I, I don't not, know if it's very unhealthy. And I wrote a book called The Diary of Stay at Home Dad, which is I'll, I'll now on Derek books and everything like that. And it's an important book because I was I was a stay at home dad for 10 years. Three okay. daughters, oldest daughter, okay. autistic. And mm-hmm. I I raised my girls and I and, 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 and I went through every type of emotion, you know, depression, mm-hmm. being stuck in the house because my daughter did 40 40 hours of like um intensive, you know, therapy where therapists was coming in our house all week, all day long. Yeah, and yeah. my wife had a better, better gig than I did. And I had got let go of my job. Um, I was a counselor at the time that let go. They claimed that the funding ran out for my position and I was trying mm-hmm. to get another scramble, trying to get another job. Nothing worked for me. So it must have been God. It must have been like you have to be in this position. And sure. I learned so much about parenting. And I try to tell people like, I was like, nah, you know, you get to that place where I think we, it's almost like we close a coffin on ourselves and say, oh, I'm a parent now. I can't do anything. And it's like, nah, nah, nah. I tell people all the time, when you get married, when you get children fight, you still are, you still are an individual. You still have to fight for your place to say, hey, I'm still going to have a fun. I'm still going to be able to go out with my friends. I'm still going to be able to, you prioritize because I think a lot of people, shut themselves off to the world and say, hey, you know, fine, I'm a parent. I can't do this. I can't do that. And that's just them making those up because you can live your best life. Your children, your children look at look at you like, hey, they want to be able to use your experiences for, you know, giving them advice. And hey, well, dad, did you do this? They don't want to talk to a dad who never went through anything or did anything because right. that'll reflect. And I talk about it in the book to reflect on your mood, set the atmosphere in your house. You know, being able to, if your kids, if you're in a bad mood, your kids are going to be able to read that. And, you know, oh, dad's always in a bad mood or mom's in a bad mood. But when you go out with your friends and you go out and have fun and you still do things, you know, you could have time for family and then you have time for yourself. You need time for yourself always to reboot. I always mm-hmm. had took a vacation, oddly. Uh, but I, would make, I would go get a hotel it was my way of doing things. I like to write. So I would go get a hotel whenever I got free time. Maybe it was like one night. I would just go write, chill, re, you know, re-energize myself, then go back home because I know I'll be at home with my kids. But it gave me time to myself to reboot. And I always tell people, do not live your life like what you saw before you. Yeah, your parents, I always tell your parents are, you're an extension of your parents and how you were raised, but you don't have to be exactly like them. And sometimes you can learn from them. My mom and dad, my mom has never been on an airplane. Okay. That influenced me. I'm going to go get on airplanes and I'm going to fly and I'm going to have fun because she, to this day, she just has a fear. She doesn't want to go on 
And that kind of limits her traveling and a lot of her friends, like I've gone to different states like LA where one of her best friends is. I call her my aunt and I've been out there many times with my aunt hanging out and I'm like, mom, you could have been here, you know, because I'm like, I don't want to ever get to that point in life where you're laying on your, you know, you're you're laying on your deathbed. You're like, man, I just didn't do this, this and that. And then you ask yourself why. And it was, it was nobody else but you who limited yourself from doing that. And right. once you say one thing that you said that got me good was kids uh, making dads making videos. My kids have me doing like I didn't know anything about TikTok really. They were mm-hmm. like, Dad, you got to do these videos TikTok, and I'm like, Oh, so they teach me stuff now in Roblox. Right. Roblox right. is a big thing. Dad, play Roblox with me, and I'm like, Oh my god, like you, like I was like, I played Super Nintendo growing up. Why y'all got to play? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. but I'm learning, and and you and, and kids will bring out either the you know the best in you or they'll make you. Look at yourself as like, man, am I la- am I that lame? Because kids right. will get to the age where they don't want to hang out, like mm, right. dad or mom. Uh, you know, you're not hip. You're not. You're not. You're not that person anymore. So it's like right, right. I want to keep that open and always when my kids like, hey, you know, dad's cool enough to talk to me. Come out, you know, come holler at me. Come, you know, talk. Let's chat. You know, let's exactly. let's dance. I dance to their music. They dance to mine. So, you exactly. Know. <laughs> Exactly. My my parents used to love how I used to just go through all their temptation CDs, oh, four yeah. tops, all that stuff. I ate that stuff up as a kid. And you know, what was great about my parents was that they I put it on and then they start dancing with each other. Or they put it on, they they yeah. they'd involve themselves with me, you know, and, and it, it became where we were we were just as much especially with my mother now. My father passed away a couple of years ago, but um oh, sorry. You know, Thank you. Uh, we, you know, me and my mother are like best friends because that's how it becomes. You know, that that that's just how it becomes. So there's a trust there, and there's, there's a camaraderie there that I think, you know, is great between the generations. Because honestly, just like with that news clipping that uh, uh, we talked about, you know, in the 1920s, right? They're saying the same criticism for the young generation as they're saying in in the 90s and the 80s, and you know, we're all really the same walking through life with just different mm-hmm. contexts. Yep. And if we can see, you know, there's a great movie called, um, it didn't do well uh, critically, but I think it's a great movie. It's called The Intern. It's with Robin De Niro. Yes. And yeah, you've seen that? Yes. Yeah, so, that. so, you know, for our audience, you know, Robert De Niro is, he's, an, he's, he's a senior citizen who has been retired for a couple of years and he notices that just his friends are dying off. He can't just travel by himself all the time. His wife passed away. He's not living anymore. And he goes back to work, but he goes to work on his terms, right? Because he, he has some money, he saved up, and he becomes an intern. And you know, it's it's the greatest job because he picked a great place to go find. And a lot of us don't have that opportunity. A lot of us don't have that privilege. But I think that if, like you, like yourself, and like myself too, you know, I used to work in 9 to 5, and then I recalibrated. I recalibrated to a podcast and, and teaching because those are my passions, and yeah, you know, like I don't make uh, as much as I probably used to or should based off my my master's and, and my education. But that doesn't really matter to me as much as what matters is I'm being productive. And then money comes, you yeah, know, if you don't if you, if you don't want to be uh, burnt out, the other choice you can do is do what you want to do at the level you can. And then eventually you don't know what opportunities can come for you. You don't know who you'll meet. You don't know what connections you'll make. And one thing I, I want to add on to that's so great about the intern was the fact that Robert De Niro, he, in the movie, his character, 
shares so much wisdom with, you know, you know, the people around them, the younger people right. around them. It's like you, when you go through life experiences, you never know who needs you in what areas. Yes. If you shut yourself exactly. off, you're not going to be able to help the the younger generation, even if, even if they may be great at the job, but their relationships may not be great. And you might be like, hey, well, I've been through that. Let me give you some advice on how to how to how to help that out or how you should right. organize yourself better. And I think that we still need each other, like elderly and this and that. And, and and even when you go and when you work, like you said, if you're doing it just for the money, money is a reward to me. It's not really, it's more like, hey, I went, I got paid for what I did. It's it's a, it's a lot of emptiness with money too, because you see a lot of people who are very well, wealthy who commit suicide daily, who that money doesn't mean anything to them. They, it's about true happiness and doing what you love to do. And then it'll come, you know, like right. I, 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 when I built the store, Derek Books, um, and it being the first bookstore of its kind, because I don't know, we, we talked about, I mean, people, listeners who don't really know the, the store is every book in the store is written and published by myself, you know, over a hundred and some books. And when I came out with the idea, I was actually having a conversation with God. I was like, you know, I like to talk to God. I'm one of those people. And um, I just, I was like, I just wanted, I was just getting done being a father. I mean, my goal was to get my student, my kids in uh, school full time, but then I had to re-enter the workforce. And I'm like, this is a total different workforce than 10 years yeah. before. I'm nervous, I'm scared. And I'm like, man, what do I do? And I guess all that 10 years, I've always been a writer, but all that 10 years of all the stuff I went through, you know, I heard a voice and it was like, how now we're talking. I was like, open up a bookstore where you wrote all the books. And I kind of laughed. And that's where creativity, sometimes when you're in a, an environment you're like, and you're a creative person. Sometimes you might have ideas that are crazy to 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 the world because yeah. you haven't seen it. Because right. that's what creativity is. And I and I did it. And, I, and 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 once I opened the store, I thought people were going to laugh. You know, mm-hmm. and it, it turned out to be totally different. People were kind of like, "Wow, this is amazing. This is inspiring." This is, and then I learned my purpose when people came in. It wasn't me just trying to sell my books because they're not just books that I write uh, from about myself. They're books that, you know, I got business plan workbooks, entrepreneur workbooks, mm-hmm. you know, to help people that I saw in the system growing up that I didn't see. I'm like, I didn't yeah, see yeah. that. Or, or somebody might come in my store and be like, hey, can you help me write a business plan? Sure. And then I see that it's other people who, who had the same, they had the same hope problem. And I was like, well, you know what? Let me solve a problem by mm-hmm. creating a workbook where they could all just buy it if they're not able to make um, people were, weren't making their appointments. That's that's what really got me. Some people were just missing their appointment. They call and say, I can't. I got to go to work. And I understood that COVID was kicking in. People were. So I was like, let me create the workbook where they could just buy it, take it home, get it done and create their own business plan. So a lot of the stuff my purpose came with me seeing me helping other people. And I'm like, man, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Even when I wrote the diary of a stay at home dad book, it was a diary. It was uh, me exposing what a man feels like raising his ch- children. And not just a man, but giving praise to the woman who did it for so long because it's such a hard job, you know, yeah. and it's so it's just an overlooked job. Yeah. Like you said, we fall in love with our, our mom and our dad because they were there for us. Like, in periods of time, people didn't know that they were. And then you do become best friends. I, I respected my mom even more. We're like best friends, too. You know, my mom, I yeah. call her every day. We talk. And I was even yeah. able to talk to her during that time because my mom has been my mom has been married to my dad since she was 16. You know, they oh. she hasn't really had 
her, her, she had all her kids by the time she was 21. Right, right. And they've been together for 40, you know, 40 years or whatever. And mm-hmm. I was like, mom, how did you do it? You know, like I would call her and, and then it was like, she had, she ran her own daycare. She had foster care. And I was like, mom, if I hadn't had those, had been around you growing up with all those, I probably wouldn't have known how to help, how to raise my kids and organize my house. So it kind of brought me closer, you know, and learning mm-hmm. from, we have so much to learn from each other that yeah. that could spark that could also spark our creativity or our, our, our respect for what's going on in the world, you know, around us. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot going on <laughs> in the world, obviously. You know, one of the things that I think was interesting you mentioned that I think speaks to manhood, right? Uh, and womanhood. It's yeah. where, where we have a society now, I think, where um, yeah. it seems as though to to want to embrace um the identity of mm-hmm. of of not traditional definitions of either one but some yeah. definition right that that like you're mm-hmm. proud uh that to be a man means that you show gratitude right to yeah. people who help you you are thankful right to uh you could be a higher power but you're thankful to something or someone yeah and and that and that you're willing you're willing to change uh and, and make adjustments and that can mm-hmm. go into womanhood too, but I think yeah. sometimes we 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 overemphasize the empathy of women, and we don't emphasize yeah. that men have equal potential, yes. and that with as equal. I mean, because if you look at the workforce now, right, it's becoming increasingly female, and yeah. female-led and female-driven, which is a great equalizer. Yeah. But I also think that some some people feel that. That that the, the if you're just kind of like a, a cis traditional man, and yeah. that you have those kind of qualities, that there's no space for you anymore. Yeah, and well, I, yeah. Can, can oh wow, that's yeah. so I look at and, and I say this, and I always say this to people, um, and I know exactly what you say. I think we're all in a society where everyone looks for, like you said, we're looking. We're, since we are born, we, we're, we want to find we want to find an identity. We want to find who are who we are, what we are. Um, and I think now that the workforce, over all these years with women, what they went through, you know, the suffrage, all that kind of stuff, um, and now it's turned into a whole different ball game. Mm. I always tell women, even when I talk to them, don't become what you try to change. And what I mean by that is, I've I've gone and I've come and I've come into people, run into people, and this goes for everyone. It's like, for so long, men ran the workforce and men did this and that because I was a minority in in the area of raising my kids. I got a lot of slack from women. They gave me slack more. Oh, you can't raise you, man. You can't raise daughters. You can't do this. And, and right, I was like, right. oh, like you know what I mean? Like, don't become the tyrant or don't become the person that you were mad at over the years. Maybe a man told you you couldn't do certain things and now you're in a position and you want to tell someone that they can't, a man that they can't and, and they don't have a fit in that and this and that. And it's like becoming what you try to change. So have you become something better or have you become the same thing? <laughs> so I, I felt like, I feel like advice I would, you know, especially even all the, inside the workforce, because I went through it, and I talk about it in my book, because my wife, she started to get into, you know, um, the workforce, and she got, she drank the Kool-Aid a lot of times of power, and I make more money than you, and 
it kind of it it, 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 it Kind of like the try to like demasculize, you know, try to try yeah. to like you know, make you like, yeah. oh, you're not, you're not, not the man, and 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 and, I, and, I, and it made me feel some type of way, and it made me step back and look at these organizations and look at just life in general, and it's like the cycle is like it's not good when you when you when you embrace or you become what you saw. It's mm. good if you change it, and you mm-hmm. you're like, you know what? No, we need. Because a lot of it's a lot of way the way the workforce is going, being dominated by women, is no need for a man. You know what I mean? Or yeah. I don't need this, or we don't need. And I and I've heard these words personally myself, so I know what it, I know. Like so, it's kind of like I think we all still need each other, and it has to be a respect. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a man is still a man, a woman still you, your position is respect the position of of whatever it is. You know, um, and it'll become problematic, more problematic, if people don't understand not to become what they change, if that makes sense to you. Right, yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, obviously, you know, I think a a lot of women that I've known since I've been in high school and college who were, I guess you could say, third-generation feminists. um, And these were women who were were a little more aggressive in terms of uh, the whole not Mm -hmm. needing men thing. Once they started having boys, once they started having children that were boys, then they started seeing, you know what, the no. future is the future is female and male, right? I mean, that's what we really want. You have to be. Right? We don't want antagonism, yes. right? Because that changes you. Once you once you take ownership of a male or as of male, my, myself. Yes, it's true. At, at, once I take ownership of having a female daughter, or even I have female sisters, you know, then your your perspective shifts and you think it's gotta really be it shifts so much. Yeah. When I had daughters, it shifted. Like I've always been close to my sister. I have one sister. And we're a year apart. My sister, my sister Latoya, and we grew up sharing the same room and all that. So I always had developed a relationship with women growing up. And I've always been, my best friends are women. I've always been that kind of guy who I, I have guy friends and all that, but I have a lot of female friends. And growing mm-hmm. up, you get to see how they get hurt, how they put themselves out there and, right, you right. know, how they're objects. And, but then they get to also see, like you said, my mom has mostly all boys, so she she since she wanted she came to me one day and said she wanted to build a a center for for men, or battered mm-hmm. men because men are battered too. She was saying yes. women always talk about being battered, but she was like, I got boys and I see how my because my brother you know dealt with drugs and all this and that and mm-hmm. it's battered. And she said, like you said, she saw the other side and she's like, I want to do something for males because in a society we always run to the female, but a lot of times these females. My mom, this comes out of a woman's mouth. A lot of times these females, they batter males too. Mm-hmm, and yeah. I was like saying like, that's why I say if you put your, if you flip, sometimes it's great to be able to experience a son as a woman or a daughter as a father, because then you get to see like, wow, okay, I got to look at it in a totally different way. Like, yeah, yeah. When I get yeah. tips at restaurants, I'm like, that could be my daughter. You know what I mean? Being a waitress right. and having a bad right. day. Let me give a better tip, you know, or... Sometimes a woman could be like, can be my son, you know? And, right. you know, I think that that's what we need to be more empathetic to each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I, uh, yeah, and, you know, and just walk on our daily walks. Right. And my also advice is, you know, I've had some great experiences with bosses who were uh, older. I mean, like my, around my grandfather's age, because yeah. at that point in their life, they're kind of not trying to prove anything. And they're yep. willing. <laughs> they, and again, 
And again, some people are again willing willing to learn because they're being boxed out. You know, the board of trustees or the CEO is saying, maybe yeah. I want someone younger in there at the executive position. So they're kind of not only thinking about their job status a little bit more, but they're thinking about maybe imparting some of their wisdom to other people, a legacy. And yeah. I had a great boss at this nonprofit I worked out. Uh, his name was Jerry Harris. And now I had a younger boss and he was he was exactly like me. Went to the you know uh, was 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 um, uh, a hip guy. But you know what? Me working with him, we didn't really gel the same way I gelled with uh, Jerry. And 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 the reason was is because there 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 was there was um, the the assumed goodwill I had with 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 Jerry being an older guy meant that I didn't feel as though he was as threatened by by. Uh, my youth, my inexperience, my naivete, yeah. right? I think when you're a young boss, you're like, ah, I can't deal with that. I just got to get that out of there. We got to break that out of them or we got to get rid of them. But when you're an older guy and you've seen a lot of things, you know, yeah. you're like, you know what? Let's be patient. Let's give this guy time. He makes a mistake. It's okay. You know, they're, 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 you know and I think that is really where we want to be in society too. That it, look, people get on Joe Biden all the time about his age and yes. And and this and that he makes a mistake he falls off a bike I get it <laughs> I get it yeah I get, at the I get same, it at the same time it's like let the man make some mistakes and 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 let's let you know the for and for our Republican listeners too Donald Trump same yeah. way right let Donald yeah. Trump make some mistakes and then see in the overall picture at the aggregate how the job is done because that's what matters you know uh, yeah I don't yeah yep you're right they're human like I never look at anybody more than what they are you know sometimes we describe ourselves or media the media builds you up to be more than what you are but at the end of the day you're still a a human being that can make mistakes and like you said i love it because the relationship i have with the with the, um the landlord here me and him are we've been working together for four years and he and he says the same thing he said hey i've been there before you know take your time i'm not in a rush i want to sell you the building but i'm not in a rush you know get your ducks together and I, I'm not pushing, you know what I mean? So it's like, I yeah. feel like a, a mentor, like someone who's been here, you know, it's not like we live in a society where everything is so rushed and patience. A lot of times if something comes too fast to you, you may not know what to do with it. It slip right through your hands. But if you, if it, if, if, if it takes a while to get, you actually cherish it more and you don't just like, that's like someone saving up and, working their hardest and they finally make that $10 million versus someone who got it overnight and it's gone. It's like, nah, if I get that, I know exactly what to do with it. I know I'm not going to spend it all. I know exactly what to use it for because you had time to build up like the knowledge and, and understand. So I'm always for that now. Before, growing up, I was kind of gun ho. Hey, I want to, I want to, I want to, but now I appreciate waiting more and, um, and getting it. That's what advice is so is so good to talk to people because everyone has a different experience with it. Yeah. And you never know who you're talking to. I always say that you never know who you're talking to. You could be talking to a, a some one of my managers. She told me, she said, sometimes the quietest person in the room is the one with the most money, you know, like mm -hmm. and the most wisdom. And, right. you know, not the loudest person is they don't have anything. So I was like, you know, a lot of times we're drawn to the loudest person and Sometimes you just sit back and let the conversation come to, it could be the quietest person and that could become the greatest relationships. So, Yeah, when I used to play basketball or lacrosse in high school, 
I, I got better once my, my coaches and my dad was like, just let the game come to you. You yeah. don't have to, if you reveal your hand that you're obviously the number one scorer on the team, everyone pays attention to you. But if you yeah. spend like the first half of the first quarter just passing the ball out, throwing it back, reading the defense, understanding what's going on, you got them for the whole game because yeah. there's nothing that there's nothing that they're going to show you in the fourth quarter that they're not trying to show you in the first quarter for the most part, you know? Wow, I like that's, that. That's a great like that. that's a great lesson for life. I, I I feel I feel because you know what I've seen as a teacher, as a professor is so many uh young people now are so obsessed with um uh, technology in a way where they use technology to compensate for insecurities in yeah. a way that even I couldn't, you know, if, if I had aim, I had AOL, but you know what? I had to go back in school. I had to go. And most part when I was socializing with people, I was socializing eye to eye, face to face. Yeah. And that, that was difficult for me when I was very young and I had to overcome that. And now people yeah. say, wow, you seem so confident. You seem so well-spoken. That's only because of the hard work I put into it and yeah. overcoming the obstacle, right? But I feel as though increasingly what I see, especially when it comes to dating, is, yeah. is a problem where people don't wanna, the classic signs of interest, the classic signs of flirtation, the classic signs of, uh, or, or of non-interest, right? We're all mixed up in our languages now. So well, that it's like, I've, you know, I've been on dates where I said that didn't go well, and the person was like, that went amazingly well. I've been on dates yeah, with a person, and the opposite happens, you know, it's hard. It's, um, and, and, and I think it's crippling, you know, it's like, you should still, and that's one reason why for my store, Derek books, I wanted a physical place because I like mm -hmm. talking. And where to is people. that? Where is that physical place? Uh, it's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, okay. On 2877 North 76th street. And any of our viewers Derek, out there. Yeah. Yeah. All our viewers out there. You can go to DerekBooks.com and the address is right on there. And, um, you know, right on the site and it's a landmark. You come, come here. It's, it's amazing, but it's a place where we also physically connect. You know, it's like I could sit, I had a friend just yesterday, um, I text her, she was going through, uh, I didn't even know at the time going through a, a little crisis and she's like, Oh, I just don't feel like talking about it. You know, some people could get into the depression and they don't, you know, they don't want to talk about it. They just want to close the door, turn the light off and mm -hmm. not talk. I was like, Hey, cause she didn't live far from the store. I said, hey, come up to the store. I'm up at the store cleaning up. Come up here. Let's, let's talk. You know, let's, it'll make you feel better. So she came up, came up here, you know, see, see, you see our red eyes, tears, whatever. And we talked for about an hour. She was like, it made me feel way better. Like having that, that personal connection we were able to, cause you could tell the sincerity, you know, and, and, and a lot of times uh, by us texting back and forth and we not realizing that it's a it's it's remarkable how much literacy we can talk about literacy, how much stuff you can look up now that we couldn't back then. We had to go to the library or go to the now you can look it up on Google real fast or your phone this and that. But we use it. It's the way we use it. We, a lot of a lot of kids, a lot of people don't use it for those reasons we use it just to look on someone's page or give a like or this and that instead of right. using it to learn so you have yeah. a choice you could use that's like netflix i could go on netflix and watch documentaries that could enhance my knowledge on being the state of the world and different things or i could just watch you know what i mean i could just watch sitcoms and stuff just right, laugh right. all day long and not and not have that you know what i mean so i think 
we're living in a, in a world now where it's so much chaos that we don't recognize how much chaos it is, but you could choose your piece of it. It's like, I could choose to just watch YouTube videos all day that are motivational. Or I could choose to use, watch the fight videos where people are beating each other up and, mm. and laugh all day long and not learn mm. anything. I could choose to go outside and talk to somebody and just, and I have, I, and whoever's listening, I, I just advise you, if you're not the kind of person who goes out and talks to you, you're right, it's so hard to be able to talk to somebody, look them in their face. I remember growing up, they're like, man, look a person in their eyes, shake their hand. That stuff does something different to you when you have a, a personal conversation or run into someone personally, the mannerisms, the how you doing, the smile. Hey, you look nice today. Thank you. Versus just, you just texting all day long and then you meet the person in person and they can't even say a word to you. They're looking down the whole time. You're like, like you said, oh, this is not a good experience. And they're thinking it's good. You're thinking it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, I think we're in a, a world that's very, very chaotic. Mm-hmm. But we still can. It still could be resourceful, if yes. that makes sense. That does make sense. That does make sense. <laughs> well, I gotta. I gotta say, this has been a really great conversation. And oh man, great, so Justin. I, man, listen, I, I wish that you. I, I, anyone who has you as a professor is lucky, man. I'm be honest with thank you. Thank you. Because I can talk thank all you day to you, bro. Like you, you, you're super cool, very intellectual, like, and then just, just, just laid back and. That's we need more professors out there or people just in general and podcast people just like you. Um, Thank man. you so much. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's 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 my MO. You know, I'm a Libra. I'm a true Libra. <laughs> yeah. And, and anyone, everyone out there, you get the, you know, so keep supporting Derek Books. Derek Books is yeah. um, a lot of times we step out independently and do things. Um, my company is independent, you know, everything owned by me. And, 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 and I love to help out. I go into schools, talk to students. Um, curriculums are built around my books and stuff like that. Get the diary. First of all, get the diary to stay at home. Dad It's not a boring book. It's a book of truth. And it shows the man's side of, of raising the kids, you know, and not only that, what we go through psychologically in this world, you know, and uh, that's on DerekBooks.com. DerekBooks.com or go to DerekSpears.com and connect with me always. And what's your, what's your, you got Instagram, Twitter handles? Instagram, Artist DDS. I also have a Derek Books. Um, Derek Books on Twi- on TikTok. I got a Derek, Derek Books on TikTok now, too. Um, Twitter, online DDS, um, and Derek Spears, just all across the board for, for Facebook, and Derek Books on Facebook as well. Just connect with me. If you go to DerekSpears.com or Derek Books, I have all of those handles, like, linked to those. You can, go, you know, you can connect with me there. And I, I'm, I'm, as real as, I'm as real as they come. I'm a real individual. I have no um, love but for people and to see you all, you know, enterprise and do great. So that's awesome. That's awesome. And for your last word, I gotta ask that one last question, man. So uh D Wade, did he ever dunk on you? No, but let me tell you something about D Did you get him? Did you get him though? <laughs> no, no, let me tell you something. I never you know who else went? Travis Diener also went to my school. Travis, so yes. In, mm-hmm. Travis Diener and I was in the same acting class. And he used to laugh. He's a super cool guy too. And but D Wade, one thing I re- that I can say about Dwayne Wade is that's remarkable. Is he was quiet and humble back then, even in class. He always talked about his kids, and mm-hmm. he's still the same now. When I see him in line, I don't know him. I don't see him in person, but he's still about his kids, and he's still that 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 humble guy. And I always admired that about 
him in class when, you know, he was a quiet guy. He never, he could have in, e easily been that guy, like, oh, about, you know, I'm egotistical. No, he was always a humble guy. And, and I admire that from him, man. He has to come to Derek Books, too. I got to try to get a hold of him and come to Derek Books and we can do some stuff, you know, definitely. But, um, yeah, man, D-Way was, he was, he was it. When he took yeah. off, he took off. I, back in my heyday, though, basketball, <laughs> you know, I was I was more of a shooter, you know. But. Right, 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 right. But I think that's I think just to wrap up, I think that's that's a good lesson in, you know, for any uh, person in the workforce that the way you start does not have to be the way you finish, right? You started exactly. freshman year. Every everybody, especially back then in that era. It was the year. It was the the time of the freshman. Everybody wanted the, the freshman phenom, and I'm sure yep. coming out of Chicago, he wanted to be that. And it didn't happen the first year. But you know what? Someone got to him. Something happened to him. Uh, maybe it was your jump shot, right? Something hit him in the head that said it's going to be all right. Make an adjustment, and he made an incredible adjustment because he's he's arguably one of the top ten uh, yes, shooting guards of all time. I mean, definitely, man. definitely, definitely, definitely. So, man, I really appreciate Justin. Oh, got to tell you about Bookworm. Bookworm, you see Bookworm and like, Bookworm. Look out for Bookworm. Bookworm is is um, a comic book. <clears throat> this is just before we leave. Comic book character that I created um, based off my life. <clears throat> He's actually um, <clears throat> what, what Mickey Mouse is to Disney mm -hmm. and I admire Walt Disney is what Bookworm is to Derek Book. So, Derek, Derek the Bookworm, you're going to look out for him. We... We're working on a lot of stuff with Bookworm. We've been going into the schools, and Bookworm has been loved by a lot of young kids and students and stuff like that. So, Derek Books has it all sold the, the, the comic books. Um, so, yeah, I enjoyed everything. <laughs> That's awesome. And we will put uh, links to everything when we post this, uh, obviously, and, and Hannah's and all that stuff. Well, Trenders, it's been a great episode. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can find us wherever podcasts are found. Please like, share, and subscribe. And remember, we're better when we trend together. Thank you so much for this conversation. And we will see you next time, guys.